Hello, and welcome to Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanza. With me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the ten-story gorilla in the room. <laughs> Alessandro Bielsi. Fitting! Our main topic for this episode is going to end up being Kong Skull Island uh, and the movie, the monster movie genre as a whole and where it's going. But first... Kong Skull Island, the movie I actually saw. Yeah. What are we drinking? More on that later. Uh, sorry, let me just finish. Oh, God. What are we about to drink? Chunks of something. Ew. No, that's okay. What have you done? It's probably normal. Probably. Uh, so uh, we'll think, <laughs> make sure you get me some of the chunks, too. Oh, yeah, you want some on there? Oh, no, you monster. You said you wanted it. Monster movie. Yeah. You can't take it back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, what we have here is uh, Newberg Brewing, who still doesn't uh, sponsor us. Um, uh, their Sir Lee Sour Ale, um, which is, again, part of their accidentally on purpose line. Uh, Love it. As was Jessica Sour Age Cherry Porter. Um, so this is a Sour Ale aged in oak on Saval Blanc Lees. Probably just Lee. Uh, I don't speak French well, for those of you who do. <laughs> um, or at all, for that matter. So this is a bottle-conditioned ale. Um, as we What's a bottle-conditioned ale? What's that? What's a bottle-conditioned ale? Um, so it's like the way that I brew my beers, okay. um, where you add the yeast and you begin the fermenting, but then the, the fermentation process finishes in the bottle um, for the, like, the carbonation. Okay. Um, as opposed to having forced carbonation on the back end, where you'll take, they'll pull all the yeast and everything out of the like micro like um, filter it, and then they force carbonate it and cap it under pressure. Okay. This one, um, you cap normal with a little bit of active yeast in it, and uh, the fermentation continues on for a little bit after it's been bottled up, and that creates the carbon dioxide that pressurizes and carbonates. Interesting. Uh, cool. So I'm gonna read you a little of stuff from uh, Head Brewer Chris Basso's uh, notes here. The Surly Ale Aged in Oak, it's part of the Accidentally on Purpose series, as I said. It's a barrel-aged sour ale. I strive to be in control of every part of the aging process, but a portion is left to fate. I set this beer up for success. <laughs> it's blended with the proper yeast and bacteria cultures. The ideal aging environment's created, and then patience practiced. Surly started as a cream ale, which is their uh, flagship mm. beer, the uh, Newberg Cream Ale. like that. And through the work of Saval Blanc Lee and Bacteria... Transformed into a dry, tart, sour ale with beautiful, rounded notes of oak. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah, right on the nose. I got a big, uh, big-time big white wine. Yeah. I, um... I had a I had a facial reaction to that. that I don't yeah. know how to put it to words. <laughs> uh, it, was the, it was the sour part hitting me. It was. It was. It hit me right off the bat. Yep. It was like I drank white wine that turned into vinegar. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> What do you think about this? It's not my favorite, Al. <laughs> I'm going to be honest is it, with you. Is it better or worse than the uh, six point? It's better than the, the one with all the salt in it. The, the, the salty sour. <laughs> the salted sour. Yeah, um, big grains of salt. Not in this one. No, not in this one. Uh, very sour. Um, there's big grains, actually, it, there's it, big grains it, of something. It's weird, that. though. It's like right off the bat, like my first impression was I don't like it, but I... I'm liking the follow-up I think this flavor. one's going to grow on you. Just give it yeah. a little bit more time. I will. Um... I'm gonna finish it. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Good. We, as long as we can avoid you ever getting to the point where you are gonna pour one out, right? Um, or me for that matter. Um, you know what? It tastes like warheads dropped in white wine. Yeah, I'm not getting that. <laughs> uh, this is not nearly as sour as a lot of sour beers can be. Uh, actually, it's pretty muted. Sour, oh, I think it's souring sour. effect. No, no, it's not that it's not there. It's just not as in your face. The thing that I'm getting is the white wine. Yeah. 
Uh, it was big on the nose, I and mean, even like sitting on the palate, it's it's yeah. pretty uh, white wine uh, inspired. Um, and the Crim Ale is a pretty generic, basic type of beer anyway. So it, these flavors are really overtaking that, as opposed to the ch- the sour porter that we had, where like you got the full on porter experience. Right. Um, it's almost like a yeah, it's like a sour wine drink as opposed to a sour beer drink. Yeah, if you took the carbonation out of this, I might have thought it was some variation of wine. Not beer, and <laughs> yeah. like you like had me blind test it. Right. Um, yeah, I have a feeling it, it'll probably. I feel like it's going to grow on me throughout the episode. So let's check. Ba- I, let's I check actually, back in on me a little later. I actually like this. Um, yeah, I was a little. Bit... Is this your first experience with it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It? Okay. No, I mean that's the idea, right? Other than the beers that I've made, uh, we sh- you know hopefully neither of us has ever tried one of them. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to bring you Newberg beers that cool. I haven't uh, cool. drank before. Uh, I've had this sitting in my fridge for a while. I love. I, I do love the accidentally on purpose. That's right. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I'm drinking just because of that. I have a couple of their other ones waiting. We'll get in future episodes. I don't think I have any more of the accidentally on purpose though. One of them is one of their cask aged um, brown ales. They've done a whole series mm. of those now. They take their basic brown ale and they find different ways. To, they uh, they've had a partnership with Hillrock Estates Distillery, uh, which is a distillery up in the Black Dirt region in New York near me. Okay, and. Um, they make, from what I understand, they make very good whiskey. I haven't had any of it. It's really expensive, actually. Um, but it's all locally made from there. And uh, they give them some of their casks after they've used them to um, age the uh, the whiskey. Mm-hmm. And then they use it for the beer. And actually, I think they've now started to even trade back, too, and send some of the beer casks over. Because that's becoming a thing now. The uh, oak aging of beers has been going on for a bit now. But if you look back, um, whiskeys have started doing it. Back in the reverse, um, I know Jameson has a series of, um, I want to say they use stouted beer mm. kegs to um, age some of their whiskeys. A friend of mine um, really likes those. Uh, the Jameson, it's the, I forget exactly what it's called, but it's, it's the, like the Jameson like barrel series or something like that. Okay. I, I can't remember what it is. So I think they're doing, they're doing a bit of horse trading with that, gotcha. um, with Hill Rock Estate, which is kind of cool. Um, I've got a question for you. So, we talked about this um, outside of an episode yesterday, mm-hmm. actually. Uh, the whole concept of like when you you hear or see something, and then all of a sudden you hear and see it everywhere. Yeah. Sour beers. Mm-hmm. I feel like my first experience with a sour beer was probably a little less than a year ago. Okay. But now they're all over the place. Yeah. Is, is that me? Um, or are they actually now all over the place? It's not just you. Um, not that it's just been a year. It's been a couple of years, but... Whereas the previous wave of the most popular craft beers being all, like, hopped out of their minds, mm-hmm. the second wave now, this if you want to call it the second wave, is, like, sour. I, I could be wrong. Maybe it's the third or fourth. The, the current wave is that uh, a lot of them are getting into sour beers. Um, you'll see a lot of craft sour beers now. Even in, even stuff like, uh, I saw something in the store the other day. Um, I don't think it was Sam Adams, but it was another, quote-unquote, big craft brewery. That okay. I didn't ever see sour beers of theirs before, and I saw like a, a new project by them, and I was like, "Oh, like that's kind of cool." I didn't get it. I haven't tried it out yet. Maybe future episodes, because I'm sure I'll see it again in right. your world. So it's grow. It actually is growing on me right, as we speak. And as I was it, drinking it, it's I was like, me, "There's no way you're not gonna like." It's like me this. changing my my approach to drinking it because usually I'll I'll take less often like a bigger sip and I'll hold it in my mouth a little bit. But like this, it's a small sip and I really like it, almost like I would drink wine. Yeah, like it, it, which is really you know. There you go. There's your white wine yeah. again. Yeah, no. Um, 
Yeah, I've, I've, not that I thought this was going to be your favorite, but as we're drinking it, I was like, "There's no way he doesn't like this." At some point, yeah, like, got to get like if you're get to you. if you're into sour beers, I would I would say go for it. If you're if you're on the fence, I would say don't. Yeah. Um. See, I, you know, this is way less intense for me um, of a sour experience than other ones. Like, you've had Newberg's Checkpoint Charlie. That's mm-hmm. way more sour than this is. Yeah. I like that one. It's no, it's a good beer. Yeah. Um. Not saying I dislike this one. Yeah. Uh, um, actually, growing, like I said, it's growing. I'll already. be honest. My, most of my sour beer consumption has been theirs, and they use the similar techniques. So, because there's a couple of different techniques to souring beers, mm-hmm. um, theirs all have kind of a same the same through line through all their different beer products. So, um, one of my favorite beers of theirs that they do, which is um, kind of semi, it's not seasonal, but like it's they don't always have it on tap, but it's like they try and keep it when they can. They call it the cafe sour. It's okay. a sour beer that's fermented on. Some sort of, I think it's African coffee. Huh. Um, and when the nose is 100% coffee. That's but when, cool. when you drink it, it doesn't really taste that much like coffee. It's sour. Huh. It's a weird, it sounds weird. It's like, you look at it, the coloration is weird. And sour beers will have weird coloration in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so good. And one of my friends who we go to Newburgh all the time, like every week for trivia and... It's his favorite beer, and like when they say like it's the last keg, like he goes and buys a growler, like, <laughs> you know, because like, you're right. not sure it's gonna be a few months until he gets it again. Sure. Um, but I I didn't really like it the first time I had it, but that one grew on me. That's one of my favorite beers that they do. Nice. Yeah. So with that, shall we get into our uh, our flicks portion of the show? Let's do it. Well, um, you know, most of the times the flick dominates the six. So. Yeah. Well, that's why I want to linger a little bit. Yeah, in the I don't beginning. Mind you know what I'm saying? In the six. Um, We're going to be lingering in the six today. <laughs> so, uh, not to be confused with, with episode six, which is this episode. Well, this is episode six, um, but we're going to be lingering in the yeah. six of beers. For sure. uh, so, in the intro, I mentioned that we're going to be talking about Kong Skull Island. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the monster movie, the new monster movie saga yeah, that's going what are on they, here. What do they actually call it? It's like the, the, the monster, it's not the monster cinematic universe, but it's got to be MCU as well. <laughs> they're, they're like, we're going to call it the monster cinematic universe. Shit! <laughs> Can't abbreviate that one. Um, I for, I, I'm going to look it up because I, I feel like I should know this, considering they are committing to doing this. So what we're gonna we're gonna get into a little bit of Godzilla, the Universal Monster series. That's what they're calling. Okay, it. Universal Monster. Universal series. Monsters is what they're calling. It. It's the Universal Monster. It's a shared universe uh, cool. between all of these. So we're gonna get into a little bit of Godzilla, which uh, full disclosure, Al hasn't seen. I showed him some. I have not. I'm gonna be faking clips. it from nearly start to finish. Yeah, I showed him some clips. Um, I want to bring it up be- because I think it's, I think it's important to bring up some of the some of the features of that film um, leading into Kong, which is where we're gonna probably spend most of our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I did see that one. You did see that one, right? Um, there's. I feel like. I was just going to lay it out there on the line right now. I feel like Kong improved on some of the failures of Godzilla. And okay. there's... I think Godzilla was a good start. It got us into it. Um, it wasn't great. It was... like I, If I didn't see it again, I wouldn't be sad. But it's but it, but it, but it, but relevant that's the uh, to this that new gotten, universe. That's the impression I've gotten of it, is that it did enough to make you interested. Yeah. And they did some cool things. I know you want to talk about some of the cinematic things that oh, they yeah, did. Absolutely. Uh, which I heard were really cool and definitely hold up. Um, but yeah, I heard that ultimately it was just a so-so movie. Right. So like going, like when you're watching that movie, there's a, there's a just, or when I'm watching that movie, I was just generally like, I felt it was just like flat for me for a good chunk of it. 
Okay. Um, and then towards the very end, there starts to be. It's almost as if it changed directors. Like that's how that's how really? different it that's felt to me. Yeah. Um, only I guess because when you go see a monster movie, I'm not look. I'm actually not. My intention is not to see a great story. My intention is not to for see a monster movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I, I, I'm just clarifying. I, I, yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm just here for for fun. It's gonna yeah. be a monster movie. It's gonna be a cool, a good time. It's a popcorn flick. Yeah. You know. Um, and it at the beginning, it's like it's almost as if they were trying to do a lot of. Or not, I don't know if they were trying to do it. It felt like they were trying to do some story stuff there, but it, it just like it wasn't. It wasn't that interesting, and I didn't care. And I know where it's going in the end, so all that stuff ends up being kind of useless to me. Which the funny thing is, I actually didn't feel that way with Kong. Right. I was much more into the. Sto- now I can't don't have a comparison, but I was into the story from pretty early on. There's a good reason for that, um, which we'll get to when we start to to break down the movies a little bit more. But okay. uh, no, general I, I, don't, I don't mind waiting. It's yeah. just like I'm. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I was gonna, that was what I was going to ask you first. Is so what is it if it's two or three things, or if it's just one big overriding thing? What caused the disconnect between you and the movie of Godzilla? Um. So I'm here to see a monster movie. Yes. As I said, we don't see the monster until too late. Is which it, is a which is a classic thing that has happened in monster movies that came out previously. Okay, right? I mean, yeah. the thankfully, as, again, we'll get to later. You get to see Kong early and all, and I think that that's a that's like a. The I feel like as good. they the as they came off the heels of Godzilla, like you know, they were like, okay, let's see what landed, what didn't, and like let's show him like what ten minutes into the movie, like he's here. Or not even ten minutes. It's like with like it's actually within a, a few minutes. It's funny that there's pacing issues with that movie because it's Gareth Edwards, and he did Rogue One. Yeah. And I did not think pacing was an issue in that movie. Yeah, I did. Did you? As we we, we discussed that a little bit. Yeah, I had a some little issues bit, but pacing. I I know you said more was the characters that didn't yeah. work for you in Rogue well, One. Well, and so. the, uh, the characters don't really work for me here either. Okay. Which maybe that's just a thing. Maybe that's for the. Although he's not. He's not. I don't think he wrote either of them. No. Um. But uh, so yeah, so the the characters are it's, it's interesting because you have Brian Cranston when the movie starts off. Yeah, and uh, how was he? In this? Let's uh, he's good. I Brian, heard, Brian Cranston's good. always good, in my opinion. I, I anticipate that being the case as well. I like Breaking Bad was tremendous, yeah. and he was tremendous in it. Um, although that's really the only substantial role I've seen him in, un- unfortunately. Right. Um, I did want to see that movie he did with James Franco, even because that's like yeah, like, I big, do. Want, I want to see the that big departure from his other type of roles. Yep. Um, and I heard good things about that movie. Yeah, um, I, I, I would like to check that out. Um, the so I'm actually I, I need to dive into spoilers now. Okay. I need to start it out. Yeah, so that's fine. Which I don't think it really. You don't care. Our audience knows. I already told you. You can go ahead and I'll right. just try and follow along. As and best that I movie, can. that movie came out in 2014. So my yeah. guess is if you haven't seen it and you're listening, you know. Whatever, just yeah. just stick around. Um, Brian Cranston does not last very long in that movie. See, I know they played pretty coy with that, like yeah. coming out of because he was like the guy that they promote a lot in because he is the biggest star in this. Right. There's other obviously there's other pretty well known people in this movie, but he is the the by far the headliner of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wondered about it because they they played coy with it, and it seems like they gave you a lot on the front end of him, but. I wondered whether I kind of anticipated that he was either going to be sidelined or killed off. I was just wondering where it was going to happen in the movie, so it's it's early, right? Uh, well, it's, it's it's like the first third of the movie, or yeah, it's okay. in the, it's like within that that time frame there. Um, that, well, even even sooner is uh, I don't know how to say her name. She was in Ghost in the Shell, the Doctor Juliette Pinochet. Yep. I think that's that, how if that's how you say it. I'm not going to try. I'm going to let you I do the one that fails. I think that's, <laughs> if that's the case. how it's pronounced. Okay. But I'm not sure. So, 
she's I've she, plays his, she plays she plays. Uh, <laughs> She plays uh, Brian Cranston's wife, so uh, she's Sandra Brody, and she plays the wife of Joe Brody. Yes. Um, so she dies real quick in the movie. Oh, um, she does too. She di- yeah, she dies real early on. So what happens is so now I understand why when we were watching Ghost and I brought her up to you that she was in Godzilla, and I was like, "Oh right, you forgot." Yeah, that explains it. Um, and here's where, like, and this is where, like, there's there's some story that they're trying to accomplish, and it just it ends up kind of falling flat for me, and I don't really care that much. And that is that uh, B. Cranst is a uh, God, that a, was so douchey. Why? A, why? <laughs> why would you do that to me? Like, he like runs this power plant. More uh, importantly, why would you do that to the audience? So he runs. They should expect plant. it. He runs this, this nuclear power plant, and. Um, and his wife works with them as well, and like he sends her in to check something out early on, seismic activity that he classic uh, start up to any monster right. disaster movie. <laughs> There's things making noise underground, um, so sends her in, and she ends up she ends up getting caught in inside while like things are starting to come down. He has to clo- he's the one that closes the door, and he has to do it. So this Otherwise, is a, this is a nuclear plant meltdown. Yes. Okay. Um. Kind of, yeah. It, collapsing. It's not a meltdown oh. because of the way that things go down. Okay. But um, he ends up closing it, and uh, he has to be... He's like the way... He's, he gets there early. He's like holding onto the door. Like he's holding it open as long as possible until she tells him... You gotta do it. You gotta do it. And he closes it, and like within a couple of seconds after that, she's there. Uh, and like they... Like this is... When that movie started off, I was like, okay, you know what? I wasn't expecting this, but I can get behind this. Like well, we're, we're gonna get deep. You would expect that had she been working there that she would know what hallway she was in, how long it was gonna take her? Yeah, well, she's running. Things happen while she's running. Okay. Stuff's break. She falls. She tries to help somebody up. It's so it's like playing a video game and like the, like the chase scene where you're trying to escape. Like yeah. the Indiana Jones running away from the rock. Right. Like, or okay. like the Lion King game on Sega when it's the stampede <laughs> scene and you're running towards the screen is what comes to mind. That uh, is, you have some great old Sega references. We <laughs> talked about the Sega Nomad in a previous episode. But uh, yeah, so yeah, she doesn't make it, and like that's. Like I like I said, I love Brian Cranston and his delivery during that scene. I'm I'm all for it. Like I, I totally believe him. I'm sad with him. Like yeah. as like as she's as he's looking at her through the glass and like it's closing and he's just breaking. Well, it's his right? wife, so and yeah, and he's and he's awesome. And I was like, oh oh, maybe that's what like maybe they're gonna go here with the movie. Like maybe it's like a it really is gonna be about these these other characters and it's not a monster movie. Maybe they're trying to be more serious about it. Um, it then leads up to it, we, we jump forward a bit and uh, fifteen years. Wow. Uh, <laughs> not a bit. I did not realize that um, sort of thing was going on. Yeah, and uh, so their son, who is, uh, we meet early on um, Sam as a, as a young kid. Ford? Young Ford, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson? When he's older. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he's just playing the child 15 years earlier, <laughs> and nobody gets it. Like, that, that would be amazing. Um, yeah, so he's... Uh, so and that's actually let's let's we'll touch on him for a second there. Uh, I actually liked him in the movie as well. Okay. Uh, I didn't think they, but I feel like the writing started to suffer at that point, and they didn't really work. They were trying to give him a story, and they were trying to give him a purpose, and it it wasn't working because they were also trying to do like shift gears to monster movie mode, yeah. where the story doesn't matter as much anymore. Mm-hmm. And if I mean maybe if you're super into monster movies, like you'll call me out on that, but I don't think it matters. Like I said, I'm there for like the crazy nonsense. I mean, I wouldn't on. say that it never matters, but 
most of what we've seen in Hazem, I, I would say disagree a little bit with Kong. The, yes, the no, I, w- I would. It, it, I think Kong Kong worked. They, yeah. But like I said, I think they learned from a lot of mistakes that were in this movie. Now, like That's I said, right. I didn't dislike this movie. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it. It just but kind of, it had it, it had some problems. Expectations. Yes. So, um, so you're saying though that you don't really like Aaron Tyler Johnson's portrayal so much. No, I actually don't think he was the problem. You think it was the character? I think it was the character. Because yeah. I don't have much of an opinion on him yet. I've only seen him in two things. Mm-hmm. One of them was in Ultron, where he's not Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. You know, if anyone who's familiar with the rights issues with Fox owning X-Men, and uh, he's not Quicksilver. Right. Uh, <laughs> and he's playing a not-quite-real Eastern European character. Um, and he was fine in that, oh. but like, it's a... Very particular character, very particular performance, right? Mm-hmm. So the only other thing I've ever seen him in, um, I don't know if you remember this or not. Um, do you remember the uh, not very good team-up movies with um, Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan? Uh, Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights. Oh, man, I love Shanghai Noon. Do you remember Shanghai Nights? The one where they I don't know London? that. I don't remember that one that much. I think it soured my, my love for it because okay. I loved the first so, one so much. One, it was the first thing I ever saw. Um, the guy who plays Peter Baelish from Game mm, of Thrones. Yeah. Um, the name's escaping me for a second, which is kind of weird. Because um, I actually like him. I think he's a good actor. Littlefinger slash douche in Dark yeah. Knight Rises. Uh, Aiden Gillen, that's it. He's yeah. like a very Irish name. Um, so, Aaron Taylor Johnson is like the 10-year-old Charlie Chaplin in that. He's a little, like, street, yeah. street ruffian uh-huh. who, like, keeps popping up in the story and, like, messing with the two of them. Uh-huh. And then he ends up helping them. So that's him. It doesn't look anything like him. And it's like, when I figured out that that's who the same person, I was like, holy shit. Like, a child actor became something that, you know, like, it's like such a weird. Did you ever see Kick Ass? No, I didn't. I know he's in it. Oh, okay. I know he's in it, but I never saw either. I'm a big fan of Kick Ass. I saw, like, the first 15 minutes of the first one, and it was, like, on TV, and I just couldn't keep watching it for whatever reason. I know a lot of people like the first one, but I never got a chance to see it. Yeah, I dig the first one. Um, Second one, I'm I'm okay with it. I understand the second one had its problems, but I'm okay with it. so, uh, like I said, I think I actually think he's a, a, a decent to good actor. I feel like the, the I feel like he suffered from some writing and directional issues. Okay. Um, but that being said, so like it's like we start to get into his character a little bit, but I think at this point they're realizing, all right, we got to get we got to hop to it. You know, we got to start we got to start showing stuff. Yeah. So then they show these like the villainous monsters like start to pop up. Um, Do we get again? I didn't see it. Do they? What do they call those? And what are you the, know what? I don't what's, know. What's their I don't origin? What they called them. Um, While you're looking this up, um, I'll, it's kind of cool, right? That uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen play brother and sister in this, as addition to them yeah. playing brother and sister in, in uh, yeah. So Age of Ultron. Godzilla starring Magneto's children. Yeah, right? not, not Magneto's children. Not Magneto's children. Because he's not Quicksilver. Don't come, after, she's don't not, come after me. She's not Scarlet Witch. <laughs> she is. Uh, don't don't come after me, Fox. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Monsters. I'm. I'm. I don't know how. To, I, for some reason, I can't formulate how to phrase this. I'm just doing monsters from Godzilla <laughs> 2014. You know those. As I described them earlier, when we were watching, when I was trying to catch up on some of the stuff, you want to talk about the um, the part bat, part spider, part monkey. Yeah. Made of metal, looking metal. <laughs> yeah. Right. They only have kind of like a metal carapace. Like yeah. It was. It was odd. I didn't really metallic. I, and I. I don't know. I don't know if that's like something from like the uh, the older monster movie lore and like. Other got like old Godzilla movies. It might watched, it might mean something to somebody else who's big into this. I stuff. haven't watched a ton of them. I've seen bits of some of them here and there. You know, like Uncle Ed was like a big fan of all those like old Godzilla yeah, yeah. like monster movies, King Kong. Uh, so I saw I've seen some of them. Okay. Um, 
But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like like I know like Mothra and like the, right. uh, the one of the three headed like Cerberus esque like Hydra type monster, uh, which the name is escaping me now. Um, although I definitely know I've I've known it in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I know I what you're talking about. So I don't know. Right, right, it's like the uh, the one with like the, the, the golden heads and yes. like dragon type thing. <laughs> I had um, that toy. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I was just wondering if they like. So, what was the origin of those things? So, okay, so what happened? Is hap- this part of the monster universe, or is this a construct? I don't know if they're part of like the. Well, because original. So, like, I mean, again, since we we've, we've already covered spoilers earlier, yeah. Like, if, if you're listening to this, like, we're going heavy spoilers on Godzilla, heavy spoilers on Kong Skull. So you're you're just prefacing this. This is going to be some Kong stuff right now that you're gonna yeah. Cover. Okay. So yeah. at the end of the post credit singer, they show like a million monsters. Yeah. Going to be shown in this. I don't know if it was on that thing. Or not in that run up because it was all like cave paintings. So right, I don't. And they like yeah. pop through them really quick. It's very, it's very possible. So the way, like the way that it's broken down is that there's these, it's these two. They find these like I guess kind of like cocoon egg type things that they're in, and um. So they one, were they, one is so a male, one be, is a female. They're gonna be part of this thing. They're not a construct. This isn't like Godzilla fighting something that they con- constructed in a lab. Yeah, it seems like they've been around for a while. Like okay. they're they're a thing. So this is fully part of the monster universe. Yeah. Then. Okay, I see. If that's what you mean, then yeah, yes. That's what I was um, so yeah, so they there's a. It starts off like when you the first monster that you see is I believe it's the male. It's the one that with the wings. It's the one that can fly. Oh, do they not both have wings? No, they don't. Remember that not HD tra- yeah. <laughs> clip I was watching. Uh, so they that one they kind of like wake that sucker up and it's you know it's causing all sorts of havoc and it flies away and it's like it's trying to get towards something else and we don't know what it is yet and uh brian cranston what he's realizing is that from listening and observing to these these seismic um anomalies yeah he's trying to figure out what's going on it sounds like it's calling out and it sounds like something else is responding and he's trying to figure out what it was so wait, had he seen this monster fly away, or is he just hearing this um, he, on some, some he, meter? He, he hears it on. He sees it on some meter. He's actually involved in the scene where it comes out of its shell, mm. um, and that's the scene he doesn't make it out of. Okay. Uh, he doesn't die in like a, an epic like I got eaten kind of way. Um, it's more accidental. Yeah, like shit falls around around him, so and like he gets hurt, and then movie. he yeah, and then he just dies. Okay. Which <laughs> we're definitely gonna get to that. Um, so then that thing is going to fly to find. It's trying to find. The mate, okay. which we then find out is in like Nevada somewhere, in like where we dump all our nuclear waste. Sulfats? They have this. The, the, the flats They have like there? this big cocoon, this other cocoon thing, but apparently it hatches based on this. Or I don't know. I don't so know. So where, where, right where does it start off? In like San Francisco, um, New York? No, it's in. Uh, it starts off in the Pacific. Uh, where exactly was it? I, is, is, was it Japan? I don't even. Oh, is it in I don't Japan? Even remember. I mean, like, it's Godzilla, so it makes sense. The Philippi- Philippines is where the first one comes from. Oh, okay. Because um, I was curious, like, where this whole thing happened with Brian. Cranston and if I remember correctly, I feel like he was. I feel like he was stationed in Japan, but I could have that wrong, so okay. don't quote me on that. But uh, the so the first one was found in the Philippines, and it, it like they find like this trail, like they find basically there's a, a dig site that collapses, and they find these underground tunnels, okay. which is way more meaningful. To me, having seen Kong um, first, yes, yes, which yes. is actually kind of cool, we'll I actually later. liked that I, that it went in that direction. Okay. I, I didn't realize that was a callback. Yeah, I was of. I was able to appreciate that. Um, but what happened? Like, you'll see this one, like they, they find these shells, things, and like this one that has like I guess hatched and a trail out into the water, like where things just like this all messed up like trees and stuff as mm-hmm. it goes out into the water. Okay, and you're just like, oh, hmm, what happened there? Um, and that's going to find um, that is oh crap, I actually might have this backwards. 
I don't remember what that one was. That was God. Was that Godzilla? Come on, man. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to figure it out. I don't remember. You know what? It's not that important. See, okay. this is the this is the thing. This is what I'm saying. Is yeah. I don't, and it, what if you disagree? That's great. Power uh, but uh, I'm here for a monster movie. Yes. I'm here for the like the crazy fight between the monsters. Like that's why I'm here to watch it. Uh, you tried to give me story and it didn't work for me. Yeah. That was my problem. But um. So anyway, the the main premise here is that the the male is trying to find the female, get to the female, and then this other, the other doctor in the in the movie, and I put it that way because I don't even remember his name. Oh, Kevin Watanabe. He's just conveniently there. Do- um, doctor Ishiro yes. Sarazawa. Yep, that's him. Um, he's explaining that like it's trying to meet, and then, like they they talk about this giant monster that they had like years ago, like launched a nuke at, and they tried to kill it, which was Godzilla. Did and no they, show, one... they show you that in the very beginning of the movie as like a like a throwback. Was clip. this some sort of secret? Nuclear launches do not get overlooked. They look. They showed. It, they portrayed it as like a testing, a nuke test off the coast of some. You know. The Japanese like did this. And I think we did. Okay. If I remember well, he's Japanese, so. Yeah, but I feel like we did it based on the. You know, the fact that I don't know right now is it's further con- reinforcing. It's concerning. Your point, yes. Yeah, like it's like it's they had like all these tendrils of like these things that they wanted to do, but then they. They were like, "Oh right, wait, 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 we're doing, we're doing monster movie." Like that's how it felt, um, and they never like. I feel like things didn't get tied up, and I mean, I don't think that it was me and the way that I was watching the movie, and maybe I wasn't that, maybe it just wasn't that interested in that story of it. Like I said, because I was going in to see a monster flick. Yeah. But it, whatever. If, if, if I get that, you're gonna get. If you right, disagree, you disagree. That's fine. Right headspace for, that. for me. That didn't work. But uh, so yeah, they're trying to. So he's he's basically explains that. There's this other monster, and like he, he explains the concept of like this Godzilla that's it's there, but he thinks it's going to restore balance. And like that's the exi- like the so purpose. It's the chosen it. one. Yeah, they, like so. Yeah, it it's is going to bring balance yeah, back to the ba- force. balance of the force. Um, so like they they want to blow these things up, and he's like, you should probably let him fight them. Yes. Because he's there to fight them. And also, that never goes wrong. Right. <laughs> that's, where, that's where the ending of this movie comes into play, um, which is like that's why like and then so like. Skip ahead, like I said, the rest of the story I personally don't feel matters. We get the cool fights. So get, get us the, those epic scenes then, because that's so, what you want to talk about. I do. I want to talk about some epic scenes. So this is where the, this is where the movie pulled me back in. Okay. Um, like they were saying, to, they finally got to the disaster monster. Yes, stories. and not even like it's not even the it wasn't the disaster stuff specifically that did it for me because actually that stuff um, maybe it's as I've ch- like my tastes have changed for movies over the, the disaster stuff actually it it makes me unsettled. You know, it's funny. I saw. I remember reading a pretty long form article on that a couple of years ago. Um, it was the time Man of Steel came out, mm-hmm. um, talking about how seeing that scale of how many because they. I remember someone did as part of some sort of like research project and it was published. It was uh, from some university, uh, Harvard or, or something. Someone did a like a calculation of what the cost in mm. dollars in human life was um, from the big climactic scenes in uh, Man of Steel. Right. I don't remember what the number of deaths was, but it was catastrophic. Yeah. And the cost was trillions of dollars. Or or many, many billions, if not. It was definitely not an M, it was a B or a T. Right. Um, and saying how that, since that's the way the spectacle is going with these blockbuster movies, it keeps getting bigger and bigger, and how... It's a concerning trend for society because when you see that sort of large-scale destruction uh, in such a casual way, that it kind of inures us to that sort of thing mm-hmm. as a people. Like, that you don't... When you hear about a real-life tragedy, it's a concern that 
you may be less devastated by it because you're used to seeing it. It's the whole yeah. idea of violence in video games yeah. making you a violent person. And I don't believe that. I think it's been more or less proven that it doesn't make you true. But it does possibly sanitize your reaction to violence. And mm-hmm. in the same way with this, destruction, chaos, and mass death is sanitized. The human reaction is sanitized by watching these so flippantly like shown on screen. Yeah. And one of the things that like throws you for a loop is they're like i said the earlier part of the movie is different from yeah. the end and like they're trying to make characters and they're trying to Which make, makes sense make because in order to make that sort of jump to someone gets killed off right. you have to care about the character sure. otherwise it doesn't matter right so it just sounds like they, they failed attempt at that right and they, but then just then just thousands of people are dying clearly yes. like they don't show you that actually happening like clips here and there but like obviously like Godzilla's just gonna swat a building like trying to block something and, and it hundreds knocks of thousands whole, yeah of like it's just it's just over for them um it was like I said that was that was unsettling um but what really do, do, did it for me like when when the tides kind of turned and like it started to actually be the monster movie that I, w- I sat down to watch uh, there were some really cool scenes um and I had I've shared these with Al prior some of these prior to Al prior to uh, this conversation but um one of the big ones for me, is the, the... There's a halo jump. Yeah. And it is just, like... It's just so beautiful. Like, they... The way they're... The way the music is done, the way the shot is taken, they're jumping out of this plane. They all have the uh, the red flare on, like, their ankle and their... So they can track so each other. So they can other. track each other. But, like, re- and what really, it lends itself when it pulls... When the camera pulls out. Did they explain see... what the... Was that storm natural? Or was it more of a thematic... I think it, it was just a thematic thing. Well, what I'm saying is, I was wondering if there was some sort of... Was it a reaction to these monsters? No. Where that was supposed to be something we believe in? Because there's something with that with Kong, right? Where yeah. The the island is surrounded by such a ridiculous... It's like, yeah, and it's like hidden I'm wondering, because of that. Yeah, I'm wondering if that's they, they going to be say continuing anything. thing now, because it's been in two movies. And, yeah, unless I missed it, they didn't say anything Or if like it was that. just a backdrop kind of tonal thing. Yeah, like, maybe it's... I guess I feel like it's just supposed to be like from all the chaos that they're creating and all this stuff. It's but, just like a backdrop tone type thing. Exactly. Right? It was a really cool it's, shot. It's a beautiful shot. As like, the, you have like these clouds kind of rolling in the sea like in a C shape and yes. they're falling down through them and you see the flares up on their legs and it's just like it's beautiful photography, yeah. right? Like and it was still, a really a unique frame. it was a unique like the whole the, the, the left side of the screen, big storm front. Yeah. And then it wraps up and over to the right. Right. But the right we still see that little bit of paradise, right? Yeah. Like in the distance. Mm-hmm. And they and as they like come down through and then like like oh like, this is like a really awesome like a still shot. Like you could print this out and it'd be a cool picture. Yes. But then they get it goes further, and like from the perspective of one of the jumpers, you see like as they're getting close to the monster, and like, that was like, cool. How they he's cut like passing that. through, like right by Godzilla, and you're like, oh god damn, like he's about, like he's going in the shit. That was, that was a cool way to cut that up, right? Yeah. Where you get interspersed as they go through, like systematically, you have the landscape shot where it's almost a still, or even the way that some of these like now like interactive moving posters are for movies on on like the computer, and then you get. Shots of them a little bit more zoomed in with the like the the flare attached to the leg, and you can kind of see. And then you get the first person point of view from inside. And they even have the effect to show like the goggles and on the helmet like that. Mm-hmm. I like the way that they kept rolling the cut 
between all three of those different like aspects. I thought that was a really cool yeah. bit of cinematography. Yeah, it's it was uh, it was it's well done. That 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 scene is one of the ones that like really like got me like um, like that would be a reason I would watch it again just to watch even that clip. Like I I enjoyed that thoroughly. And then there's the there was a funny scene to me where the um they're like <laughs> one of the monsters is like swatting like a train off the track that they have this uh this nuke on whatever that's that's later on in the end towards the end but uh he's he's swatting this train off the the tracks and it, it it's almost funny because it kind of brings me back to Ant Man because oh. it's like oh, we were talking about that last night yeah like they're the they're so in Ant Man when they have when they fight on the train and it's like this big serious thing as they're fighting but then it pans out and it's really just a toy yeah like it's really funny <laughs> it's just like like I feel like it, as far as the scale goes this thing is just like this little flick and yeah. it's gone like to this giant monster that was another cool scene that just showing the scale there but the scale felt confusing for some of the other scenes for me like it almost seems like it wasn't right okay. I think they got scale right in Kong yes I think that's another thing that they learned yes um although I mean like different direction or anything that's not Gareth sure. Edwards um Jordan vote Roberts I have no idea who that is even yeah well I think they I think they learned a little something there um oh this guy who did that's not the one that Kings of Summer. Don't you? Didn't you know? Or yes. Know someone who knows that? Is it the director or the writer of Kings of Summer? The writer. Okay. So we're, we're uncovering something now. Yeah, this is a weird. I, I did not plan this tangent here. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, we'll 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 discover that at some other point. Okay, we'll, it's not we'll, him. We'll, it's we'll not him. Okay. The guy who directed the movie that your friend of a friend yeah. of a friend yeah. wrote. Kings of Summer. Directed. Uh, Kong's Gone. Gotcha. Jordan okay. Boat Roberts. Cool. He, he was the director of that movie. Gotcha. I love Kings of Summer. I didn't see it. Oh, it's such a good movie. Um, I, I understand why you saw it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so that so that was one scene. The you know swatting the train, and then the, the scene of the of the Halo jump. Um, then there's this scene, another scene that I shared with you, which was the jets falling out of the sky. Uh, so these these giant creatures are able to emit this EMP, and it. It just knocks these these jet fighters out of the sky, and there's this really crazy scene on the uh, on the mainland where Scarlet Witch is helping people, and, <laughs> and in the distance, like she turns, and in the distance you see the uh, paratrooper, like kind of well, not paratrooper, but like a guy that ejected from a plane, which you don't know at the, like at that second you you don't actually realize what's happening. I feel, just and he's coming parachute. through like the clouds in his parachute, and they quickly do a there's a quick turn, and this plane just crashes into one of the buildings because it's spinning out of control yeah and you're like oh jesus and then all of a sudden it's like another one and another one and you're like good god and like i'm ducking like i'm watching the movie i'm like oh god but like that was i thought that was really well done because like they, they did this a lot of the times where it was cool like they dropped the sound and then they brought it they did like that nice crescendo back up and like that was like the the halo jump was yes, one of them that was something that i thought was really cool i, I meant to bring that i kind of forgot there the the way that they did the sound in that yeah. scene, especially the, the first half of that scene when they're actually showing them jumping out and showing them just falling from the perspective of them falling before they start getting into that multiple like different perspective cut. Yeah. Um, the understated audio, uh, which is a little bit of backing like like scoring, was I thought was really yeah. cool because too many times when you get that sort of scene. You get that over the top, like overproduced, like it's like either like a rock like song thing, like just jam into there because like, oh yeah, adrenaline, you know. Right. I thought it was really cool the way that they did that in the backing, just kind of like backing noises, crescendoing, but it doesn't even ever end up get 
It doesn't even no. like getting that loud. It's the, just the slow rise building, itself. Building, it's building, like you feel it your still stays adrenaline. Acceptable like, and yeah. it's more in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. It's oh, it, it's uh, th- stuff like that. I really love like a little scene like that. Something like that really sticks with me. Yeah, and, like that's like when I think about Godzilla 2014, I'm gonna think about that scene, which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, it, it cool, is. I, I, I just really appreciate that scene. If just a couple of dudes falling was the like the one scene that you like get yeah. away from that. And then uh, so so we talked about the the planes falling out of the sky. Um, then there's the two monster kills. Yes. Now let's get the, into these real the, quick. The climax. So they Godzilla's fighting these two suckers in the city, just breaking everything. Is that what we're settled on? Because we don't know the names. The two suckers. The two suckers. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're just breaking everything, and um, eventually the male flies at him and like it's it's really funny because if you really if you really start to break it down it's it's dumb that, <laughs> that it went on that it went on as long as it did because yeah. in the end he just swats him with his tail and he dies like that's a, well the second one the first cool the first kill was pretty cool that's actually the one you're talking about is the second one. Oh, is it yeah okay it, it was you saw it out of order Duh, that was so weird how yeah that was, that, so that scene was cut up. what happened is uh the, so that's again that's the, the youtube clip not the movie, <laughs> the movie it sounds like it was cut better in that situation yeah. the, so the the one comes flying in and he just like he attacks it, like he like flings it, it goes flying away, it swoops and it comes back and he turns and he looks at it and he just gives it a quick and by quick I mean really slow. <laughs> well, with that size, and you know, yeah. it was moving really fast, real, it just looks slow. A real slow ass turn. And he just he <laughs> smacks it with his tail he and it just the, he torqued it to death. And it just <laughs> the I everything about that was awesome though. Like he hits it with the tail and it slams into the building and like the way the sound dropped, like it was just like over. It's like it's like you could see the words "game over" like scroll <laughs> up on the screen. Like this was like fighting game. And he you were controlling like Godzilla. Your best friend was controlling the other one. And you and killed him. Like you got him. He's it's dead. basically like when we used to play Mortal Kombat. Like you to me. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was fair. You owned the console. I had no consoles. I was six, and you were eight or nine mm-hmm. or whatever. So, yeah. Expected. You whoop your ass. Um, I brought it up, not you. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, then the second. So that was that was, and it was fun when I'm watching the the scene. I was like watching it, and like it's almost as if the fight scene started to get stale. I was like, all right, yeah, oh! yeah, yeah. He's like, like, okay, they're gonna fight. All right, and then he's gonna jump on his back, and then they're gonna fight, and then fly away, and then they're gonna fight, and just like we're done now. Slam! And I was like, Jesus! I, know, I, the, the, I like cheered a little bit. I'm, I'm alone, by the way. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> just getting into it. And then, and like the, 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 the I thought the perfect thing. Like the, my first thought was, it was the this ends now. Yeah. Apple Express when he like yeah. drives him into the fucking wall <laughs> after way too long of a right. stupid fight scene. Like, right. It, that's exactly what it was like. And then, <laughs> and then, and then we find that you know, uh, just previous to that, we found out like I think about his. He, they show you like his fire breath, his blue fire breath, but which is how he ends up taking out. The other, the, one? the other one. So he like they're fighting, and oh, you know what? Let's take a step back real quick. The other one just got it just got personal with him and um, with the 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 female monster, not him, with her and Ford, because Ford burned all her eggs. <laughs> yes, they they like she like laid the eggs in this area. He he set them up in flames, basically killed it all, and then it, then it, it like it oddly turned personal, as if like I mean they're supposed to be. Animals, not not People. creatures that take it personally. It was and that so that was a like, weird disconnect. Does she like to me. try and like hunt him down? Or? She like sees him and like knows it. Dramatic, was, like yeah, eye, like, like yes, yes, and like knows it was him and is like like ready to kill him and then like feels like she's going after him now. She's hunting him, right? But um, 
for what reason? You're done. Uh, <laughs> go find another mate. That's if it was a real animal. I feel like that's what would be happening while she's out of eggs. But whatever. Um, so that all goes down, and Godzilla fights this one now. Now it's one on one. A little bit more of a fair fight because this thing is also huge. Yeah. And just murders it with extreme halitosis. <laughs> Uh, I think the words that I used was face fucked it with blue fire. Yeah, that was which is both accurate because either either it's blue fire or it's bad breath. It's one of the two, and it burns through its neck and just well, decapitates it. You know, to start off, you know, it, the opening salvo, just blasting it up. That I think was more the halitosis, just kind of breathing on it. But then he grabs it by the jaw, which we discussed was yeah. for some reason in these monster movies in like Peter Jackson Kong in this movie and in Kong Skull Island. We keep getting a scene of something with opposable thumbs grabbing its opponent by the jaws right. and pulling the jaws open, and then it just leaned over, and that's when it face-fucked it with the fire, yeah. breathing the fire down its throat until its head exploded. <laughs> yeah. Well, not, not even... It, like, it well, just because burns like you said, it burns, neck. It's, yeah. like, the flames are spattered. And he's just like, like kind of like, for a, for a short second, which felt too long, he's just kind of like swinging the head. Well, like he, he just, just tore the head right off. Yeah, yeah. just holding onto it. And then here's where it gets, where it gets odd again. I guess Godzilla's tired now. Like, it got... You didn't see this part, but it, that took a lot out of him. It's, and him... It's, it's Peter after the chicken fight. Him and Ford collapse. Why Ford? Ford's on a boat right now, and he's trying to... I, I just skipped over the whole nuclear did, warhead did they thing. Get, did they get an E.T. like vibe where, like, it no, got no. tired and he gets tired? No, no, no. Uh, Ford, Ford's been on? fighting all the, this whole time. He's been trying to get this nuke out of the city. Okay. That's like, Was he part of the Halo jump? Yes. Okay. Um, he's trying to get. He's he knows how to disarm it, but he can't because it's like kind of messed up. Why does he know how to disarm it? He's a in the army. He was on the like the bomb squad. Of course he was. Yeah. Um, which that's <laughs> I'm, I'm not, not to not to knock that stuff because they didn't they didn't like just add that in at the last minute. No, I know. It was some. It was brought up early on, like when Still pretty the 15 year jump after the beginning. Like he's coming home from from being on tour, I guess, and like that's how it worked. So like you. He's kinda, not you, a band. He wasn't that. on tour. On a tour, <laughs> he's on tour. Yeah, he his tour of duty. Yes. Yeah. So I'm right. Get off my ass. Uh, it's just like so. when you say when someone's on tour, it's like a comedian or a band. Sure. Or the army. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, the whole thing is they Halo jumped in because they need to get the nuke out because it's in the middle of the city and they don't want it to create like a mess. Yeah, you know, blow amount. up. Yeah, a massive amount of chaos. Meanwhile, from my perspective, everybody's already dead. <laughs> yeah, they're not. But by the end, but. Yeah, so he ends up getting it. He gets it onto this, the boat, and he's taking the boat out. He finally gets the boat going. The boat's moving, and he's just like, "Okay, like I'm done." Like he's on the boat. He's he's like he's 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 like I'm gonna die here, but he's fine with that. He's just he's trying to save as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Cool, you know, admirable hero, Not admirable cool. hero. He's like just trying to save everybody. So he like you know. So, so now he's admiral. Yeah, he's an admiral now. So he hits the boat up, and he's going, and he just like he's like, boat's finally moving. Looks at Godzilla. Godzilla falls. He collapses. And then they do like they do another cool artsy scene. Oh, thematic parallels. Yeah, they do another cool artsy scene. This is where this is where yeah that that's a Godzilla's the hero. Let's yeah. just talk about that a little bit later. But um, so what happens? Like he hits the deck and he like kind of passes out, and you see a bright light. And you're like, oh crap! Like oh, they're going there. They're killing him off too. Then they decided they killed enough people off in this movie. So really, it's a helicopter light. Uh, and they they come down to pick him up and they bring that, him to the helicopter and he's like half pass out in the helicopter in the background you see the nuke go off and, and apparently everybody's fine because it's far enough away but it doesn't really feel like it. Batman? Yeah. Yeah. Um, autopilot. Um, 
Which I've totally fixed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, sorry, I never I never got to fix the yeah. autopilot. That, uh... <laughs> Full disclosure, no autopilot. Totally sacrificing myself for this. <laughs> yes, go, go, go. Uh, yeah, so... Um, yeah, so anyway, that goes on. So now Godzilla, has, like I said, he has collapsed at this point, so he's kind of just laying there. And there people are are gathering in a stadium. They're like all the people that are left alive, and which conveniently his son and wife survived. Thank God. This is Ford's. Ford. Yeah. Which yeah, he, reuni- he has a son and wife. Reunites with the son. Yeah, I didn't bring them into it. Don't matter. Yeah. He reunites with the son and the wife, um, Scarlet Witch. And... Uh, Wait, that's... Oh, a, incest. Is it, is it his wife or his sister? <laughs> it's his wife. In the, <laughs> See, I said sister earlier. And oh, you did I? I, I, said, I, thought you were, I, think, I thought you were referring to him them being brother and sister in this other movie. No, I said, oh, that's kind of cool that they play brother... Because they have the same oh, last name. Oh, yeah, no, they don't play brother. They, they play brother and sister in one and brother and sister in the other. And you just up, totally went with it? Straight up lovers in this movie. Okay. Um, they're all... They're, and, you know, conveniently, they're all, they all survived when in rea- reality, he should have died like 600 times. Yeah. And so should she because she stayed back and helped people, you know. Kudos to her. But she's, she's also Admiral here. Yeah, she's an Admiral as well. <laughs> um, so, Admirable. What, what is it with you and words, both uh, spoken and typed today? Sour beer. My mouth is just closing up. Well, what was the excuse with all the stuff in the, the, in the pre-show notes? Yeah. Uh, Get over it. Abort and Costello. Abort, yeah. We'll get into that in another <laughs> episode. Uh, so, where was I going with? Okay, so, yeah. So now, meet up at the stadium. they all meet up at the stadium, and Godzilla's there, passed out. Next to the starts, stadium? Yeah? No? Hard to say. Seems that way. Got Looks it. like it's real close, but it's not real close. So clearly, Gareth Edwards learned a lot from this movie. It was, the, these sorts of retarded like situations did not happen yeah, in Rogue One. It was, yeah. So, anyway, the, the monster himself... He starts to he starts to wake up, and you think that after all the chaos, everybody would be like, "Oh God, it's alive!" They cheer. Of course they did. Everybody cheers. The presidents are praying and worshiping. Yeah, and then it's like immediate reaction should have been terror because he's still in the middle of the city and he's getting up. And also, he's exhausted. He just beat the shit out of these guys. He's probably hungry. Yeah, so he he's getting up and everybody's excited about it. And I'm like, and that that was. Like as I started to get into the movie, that was the thing that pulled me right back out. I was like, "Nope, that doesn't make sense." <laughs> and uh, so everybody's real thrilled about this. They're clapping, they're cheering, they're happy about it. And he's just like, "Peace!" And he walks into the water and goes away. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> prior to this recording, I told out, "Don't watch the very end of this." Let me you just tell you, yeah. That was it, and the this this this, this, is, this is further reaffirmed. You are disappointed. Yes, <laughs> I, I am the disappoint. Um, this reaffirms again the fact that Gareth Edwards learned because it was ballsy as shit. Spoiler alert: killing off everyone at the end of Rogue One had to be done. Having the dinosaur walk off into the ocean with them cheering—not a good ending. No, not at all. Just completely unexpected. I went on a trip in that movie. I was like, "Oh, we're gonna get serious. Uh, we're not really gonna pay too much attention to it." Okay, we're gonna kill. Everybody in the world except the main characters, and then we're gonna be boys and we're gonna walk away into the sunset. I don't, that's that's the short rundown of that movie. The TLDR of this it's, conversation. It's, it's the terrible, it's the terrible episode or the terrible movie that that Peter Griffin pitches in the episode of Family Guy when they his ideas bigger Jaws, <laughs> yeah. where Jaws and the, like it's Jaws where Jaws are trying to eat the scientists and they're trying to kill Jaws and then uh, bigger Jaws comes. And they have a common enemy. Oh, we got a common enemy. We have to unite and fight him. And that's the shark yeah. saying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's funny because like I, I, it sounds like I'm hating on this movie. 
Kind of, yeah. But I had fun. I did have fun. I don't know. And it sounds like you didn't have fun. By the first, all accounts, the first when I when I movie. recap it, I should not have enjoyed any part of it. But those <laughs> those beautiful aesthetics, like here and there, really really did it for me though. Like they were like a lot of like they were few and far between. But I guess they were spaced out perfectly. Whereas when I was like, I gotta turn this off, it was like so oh, maybe I like this. maybe he does know pacing because he kept you in that slow drip of okay, heroin fair. that kept you alone fair. for the ride. That's fair. Um, but get better. It'd be better. It'd be better. It'd be better. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that was that's that's the rundown of Godzilla. Okay. Let's transition to a better to movie. King Kong. To a movie I actually Kong saw. Skull Island, <laughs> a way better movie. Unless you had any other quest- outstanding questions about Godzilla. Nah, I'm done with it. Okay, as am I. <laughs> um, Kong Skull Island, tremendously better movie compared yeah. to that. Uh, I I went in with so very low expectations because same in the biggest surprise. Just, just disappointed by the original. Wow, that was incorrect. Um, sorry, uh, in the original of Not Modernity really. with King Kong, Peter Jackson. Mm-hmm. I, I can't find a bigger Lord of the Rings fan than. Well, I mean, maybe, but not many. Yeah. Um, so I, I enjoy Peter Jackson's direction, and I did not like the original-ish King Kong. Original-ish. Movie. I did not like the Jackson King there Kong you go. movie. That's how you get way it better way to say that. Yeah. Um, so. I really didn't want to see this. You were excited to see it, so I like was like, okay, yeah. fine, I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll go and see it, so we can do this episode. Well, and, and, that, and that's the thing. I don't know why I'm excited to see these movies, but I am. I find them yeah. fun. But I'm glad I saw it. It was. Yeah. I ended up enjoying it a lot. Um, it was better in every way that the Jackson movie wasn't. You know, what yeah. I mean? every failing that that movie had, this movie did a better job of it, which surprised me because I really don't know this director very much, mm-hmm. and Peter Jackson did this. Post Lord of the Rings, so he was firmly established at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I was um, I was really really pleasantly surprised with this. Part of it probably was my low expectations going in. Yeah, but I, I enjoyed agree. it for several reasons. It was not well, just one thing. And from the things that I mentioned before, the things that they that they've corrected with this movie that we'll we'll get into them each as we go on. But it is personally for me the pacing the. I'm here to see a monster movie. They show me the monster up front. Yes. Um, yeah. You even though you know he gets he gets um, sidelined yeah. for a bit, which it's probably for the right thing because you yeah. need to catch your breath. But you get him the second you get to the island. Yeah. Or very nearly the second you get to the island. Well, no. Even in a before big scene, in, in the pre in the like in the very the prologue of the movie. Was he when the two? Yeah, like he comes up. So the two, the two fight. It's forty two, I believe, and the two fighters, the Japanese fighter. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah, okay. and they land on, they land, and like they are like fighting each other, and that's actually yeah, he's about to. That's a Japanese, cool scene. The Japanese guy's about to murder him with a katana. Right, and then like you see this giant ape, like basically raising. what your cat did to me last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, you see this this creature just rise from the distance, and uh. And you're like, oh damn! Like it's the beginning, and I already saw him. I'm excited. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, let's pull it back, and let's go to mod- like not modern times, but let's go to Vietnam times. Um, and then we start to get into a little bit of the characters there. Yeah. Which the characters shine in this movie, specifically compared to Godzilla. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and in general, and with in this general. with this sort of ensemble cast, um, it's something that I've really been enjoying more as we get some more of these big cast movies and blockbusters. Right. Um, well, so it's a big reason why this movie worked, yeah. I think, was it was a great cast 
of characters here, right. played so, by a great cast of actors. So and in in Godzilla, we had Scarlet Witch and her brother Quick, Quicksil- not, Quicksil- not Scarlet Witch and not Quicksilver. Right, not Scarlet Witch and not Quicksilver fight a dinosaur. Um, in this movie, we have Captain Marvel and Loki fight a different Hulk. <laughs> and Nick not Fury. fight and Nick Fury and Nick Fury fight. <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's even more people in there that yeah. are in the MCU. Yeah, we got the whole MCU here. This is like, in a, a previous episode, we talked about how many characters they brought on. This is going to be a thing. Yeah. It's like going to be one degree of separation instead of the Kevin Bacon deal. Six. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... And, and Dale Dobek. Yeah, well, who was that? <laughs> John C. Riley, Dale Dobek. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> I know, different thing completely. It's just... Steals... The show. I know. And like... Oh my god, he's so good in that movie. Yes. And he like, even though he's playing not someone who's borderline on the spectrum, like Dale Dobek is in Step Brothers, um, he's playing just like kind of a lovable doof who's like kind of got cabin fever from being having yeah. lost in like this whole situation. Absolutely. But still retains like the personality of like a real person. Right. Um, someone who's totally understanding of that... I may never get to go home because he's known that. He's been yeah. there for 70... No, not 70 years. That wouldn't make sense. No, sorry. Nope. <laughs> it's been 70 years since we're... No, he's been there for 30 years. Yeah. Which is crazy amount of time to have survived on this hellscape of an island. Right. Um, but he's... He he knows... He's like about his business there. He knows the lay of the land now. He's been absorbed by this tribe mm-hmm. of people who is kind of under the benevolent protection of Kong. Um... But he still has this like wicked sense of humor to him, which is really cool. I guess it's the fatalistic part of him that that allows that sense of humor to show through. Right, it's that the yeah. whole thing. I could get devoured by something horrifying tomorrow, so fuck it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and he like his his delivery in that movie the entire time. Like he's just on the mm-hmm. whole time, and it's so like it's so funny. And I that's part of what makes it work. Like you're here for fun. Like you, this is a, supposed to be a fun time at the movies, There's but not comedy. necessarily funny, right? The, but they but there ends up being comedy yes. and like you know crazy action sequences and like a little you know this this mystery of like what this like what's on this island and. It just, what it, fresh hell are we going to see well, next yeah. around this oh corner? Oh my god, what fresh hell is this? <laughs> um, yeah, yes, oh, and god, did I feel that way when there were giant spiders. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, we were we heard the reference of giant ants, which yeah. I know you love that Oh lot. my god, okay, the giant ants reference is... Probably my favorite part of that entire movie, where they're in the they're in like this wooded area, and there's it's John C. Riley and two other uh, who else was there? Was it Brie Larson and Brie Larson and one other person? I feel like was, was it there Corey Hawkins? Them. Maybe um, the 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 black guy with the, the yeah, glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it was the three of them. Yes. And there's they're in the, they're in the woods, and he goes, oh, but like every, a few but actually, people you know, go I, off. I, I, if that was how it was, then the uh, the Asian woman must have been there as well. Perhaps. Who is he? Was she was Corey Hawkins' like assistant? Maybe so they didn't give her much to do in the movie. So you might have kind of forgot. Right? She she, was I, there. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think, I think yeah, she was. I think there. So I think there's just, a four of them. So anyway, there's a there's a few of them just sitting there like waiting for the others to get back. And he's like, oh, by the way, he's like, keep an eye out for ants. He's like, they're he's like pointing around. He's like all over the place. And then you hear this like squawk sound in the distance. He goes like, he's like, you hear that? It sounds like a bird. It's not. Fucking ant, <laughs> and that that floored me. Like I was, I like big belly laugh, like yes, little yes. few tears. Like I was laughing hard at Kong Skull. Yes. Like I really enjoyed that. Oh my god! And he, it just, it just, he's just so funny. And me. they had like they let him carry the burden of the comedy, but everyone else got. Yeah. There was a funny line here and there, delivered by everyone. 
But it was paced out, parsed out just perfectly where it, this isn't comedy, right? Yeah. But you get a funny line here, and ten minutes later you get a funny line there. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, you got to see it coming also going into it because you have you have John Goodman. Yeah. And you have John C. Riley. Mm-hmm. You're like, there's going to be some laughs. Yeah. You have Sam Jackson, which laughing at or with, it's going to happen. Yes. Um, yeah, he, starts, embra- he embraces starts the off, camp. Starts off with, ends up being at, in my opinion. Uh, but I don't know if you, I don't know if you're a huge fan of Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. But the Jurassic Park homage in this movie was beautiful, where he says, and as always, hold on to your butt. Yes, yes. And I, was, I just looked Until over at my two buddies and, I was, and they were like, Oh, yes! <laughs> Until you started saying it just now, I forgot yeah. that that happened. But I remember watching it, and I was like, <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh, they said it! Oh, they said it! <laughs> Cheers all around. And then, so let's let's start to dive into these characters a little bit. That's where it ends for me. My, my, the appeal of Sam Jackson in this movie. That was fun. I enjoyed that. And it starts to go downhill really fast for me, for his character. I don't care, and he's really annoying, and he fucks everything up for me. But it's not Samuel L. Jackson. That's the character. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not saying. I'm okay. saying. I'm using his name because if you no, haven't seen the movie, you don't know that's which fair. character. But that, yes, that's fair. But no, it sounded like you didn't like his portrayal. No, no. I think he portrayed the character that was written there. Yeah. Um. But I was interested by the character. I mean, like, listen. I get the whole point of like, you're annoyed, but like, you get you get why he is the way he is. Yeah, but I feel like it took way too long for everybody to to team up against him. Probably, but it's because it's of, a movie and it needs to last a certain amount of time. Well, that's no, how that's how it feels. to No, me. it's perfectly justifiable. I think it's the whole military credo. The the most of the guys who are following him blindly are the guys who followed him through hell in the Vietnam War, and that's mm-hmm. where this movie picks up. Right, is the end of the Vietnam War and the shipping out, and this is one last hurrah for him because we get that you know, and they get to it right to the point with yeah, him. It's a we didn't. he's a warrior who's lost his war and yes. doesn't know what he's going to do next, and mm-hmm. that's why he jumps at the opportunity to do this. And that's why I'm, in the beginning I'm on board with the character, but for some reason the rest of it doesn't doesn't but, fit for me. I mean, you can not like him, but I didn't think it was incoherent. I thought that it was a justifiable turn for his character. And I think it was justifiable that, that his men followed him because, mm-hmm. well, we've been through hell for the last few years, and he's always let us out, so we're going to keep following and him. And maybe it's because I couldn't, I couldn't relate to it, but the... The amount of time that they stick with him and don't turn on him is what really bothered me. And then he's then he ends up being allowed to be like this for way too long. I can see that, but I don't think it was illogical the choice. Mm-hmm. So it didn't bother me, and that's it. Like he bothered me, but he's supposed to. Yeah. But I didn't think it was illogical at all. It it, it I didn't didn't pull me uh, out of like the emergency. Yeah, of, like, I don't think situation. I'm saying that. Yeah, it's not. I'm not saying that it's illogical. I'm saying it went on for too long. I feel like they should have turned sooner because like. Okay, look, I understand you're following this guy, like, that's how it is, you know, you're following this guy to the end, but you're on this island with this giant monster that, like, like things have changed, rethink a couple things here. Yeah. You know, you're I, making this way harder on yourselves. I will say the the one down note with the whole military aspect of this was the, his, like, his second-in-command, Jack Chapman, um, hmm. could you have telegraphed a death more obviously than anywhere this side of The Walking Dead? Yeah. You knew that guy was dying from mm-hmm. the second he walked on screen, and honestly, it was a coup how long he stayed alive. Yeah. He should have died way earlier than he did. Because you the, the only thing I was certain of after watching the first 10, 15 minutes of that movie was, that guy's going to die at some point. Yep. Like, a, could you have a bigger sad sack who's, I just got to get home to my yeah. wife and son. Oh, well, he's not. I love it. my wife and yeah, son. Did. 
Oh, I'm so PTSD from uh-huh. this. He's gonna die. I'm so gonna make it home <laughs> to my wife and son from this hell island. And like, I mean, like, can we can we rehash the whole lethal weapon? Like, it's my last day before my retirement yeah. thing anymore. Too for the shit. Like, like that's what he was doing. Yeah. Oh, one more day, and I get to go home and see my. You're gonna die, yeah, dude. You're not can you stop saying this. it? Because we know we, you're we get it. Where you're well, we get die. it. You're gonna get this day. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was like the one down note with the characters I sure. felt. Um, he just annoyed me. I was just waiting for him to die so we can get over his sad sack routine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had uh, you had some opinions on Loki in this film. Yeah, uh, not just him. Um, <laughs> so actually, I'm gonna. I like how we're just like we're being like real rude like yeah. to the characters, and <laughs> but it's fun and I enjoy it. You know what? I didn't. I don't think I fully struck me until just now looking at his name. Um, his name is James Conrad. Like that's not jumping out at anyone. The fact that his name is J J Conrad. <laughs> um, the whole so there's we're in a little bit of rabbit hole here. Like I think it's Joseph. Conrad. And there's the point in this episode where the fans stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, at this on. point, I'm actually like now starting to tune it out. Yeah. Um, like I think it was Joseph Conrad who wrote Heart of Darkness. Okay. Heart of Darkness allegorically became the movie Apocalypse Now. Right. Which is taking place in Vietnam and he's a Vietnam soldier who's now gonna be their guide in this. Right, right. Like we're not like no one's seeing this like this how this is all tied together here. Yeah. Like there's not even a little bit like ironic that this is all like happening here like this. Uh, maybe butts. it's just me, I don't Hold know. On your butts. <laughs> Same universe as Jurassic Park as that far as I'm concerned. Well they're it's both just his ancestor. They're both, they're both universal properties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, you know, that's how you get away with that. Oh yeah, for sure. Um but actually, before I get to, to Tom Nelson, actually, I was going to go with uh, Brie Larson. Okay. Uh, what do you think of her in general? I like her. Okay. I don't. I feel like up until this point, I don't really have much of an opinion on her. Mm-hmm. Um, she was, I'm trying to remember what I saw her in recently, but I was like, yeah. She was just there in 21 Jump Street. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't bad. Well, I didn't think she was particularly good. Um, I know she... Did she win or was she just nominated for an Oscar... Uh, last she year, I think she might have won for the room, right? It was room, yeah. I don't know if she. I feel like she won. I think that might be why. I, I, I think she won, but I didn't see the movie. I think that might be why. I know I it was really board. dark. Um, she plays in Don John. She's just literally, she's just there. Yeah. She has yeah one scene where she actually speaks. Um, it's the last scene we see her in, basically. Well, that's interesting that you remember that. Well, I remember because I was like, oh, Brie Larson. Yeah. And then she's just, like, chewing and giving weird glances the whole movie? The League. That's what she was in. She's in the League? <laughs> yes, she was. She played, uh... I don't remember. Ashley. Who the hell was that? She dated Pete for a while. Like, no. for a short period yeah. of time. Yeah. I have no memory of that. I think that's what it was. I think she dated Pete and then ended up with, like, <laughs> ended up with Rafi in some exchange. It's, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's I have it. no memory sure of this at all. And I've watched every episode I'm of that not, show. I'm, like, I'm doing a little quick search for that right now. Okay. So, I mean, I liked her in this. Um, yeah. Because I've been skeptical of the casting her in, in Captain Marvel because I just haven't seen anything that would, to me, speak to that sort of role. So she handled the physical part of this role really well, I thought. Um, and she starts off, it seems like she's going to be the super serious female character who, like, we have to, we have to respect her because she's a super serious female role. Not that there's any problem with that, um, but she gives you a reason to actually give a damn about the character. Yeah. Um, which is good because otherwise she's just the super serious female character, which is just being shoehorned in for diversity's sake. And this isn't me attacking the attempt at diversity either. It's the way they go about it that I don't like. Yeah. 
Um, for the most part. But she's competent and she's yeah, smart and absolutely. she has a personality. She's not a robot. And that's the problem I think I have is too often they make them robot type characters. Um, so I really actually liked her in this. Uh, this is the first time that, okay, I get why we make a big deal about her and we're going to like cast her as Captain Marvel. I mm-hmm. thought she did a really good job with yeah. this movie. I like, the, I like the play between her and the short play between her and Sam Jackson. Um, in the movie. Like, just oh, the early, like earlier in the movie. Yeah, like yeah. they like, oh, like you're the journalist that hates war, and I am the guy that loves it. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it, kind of the like obligatory, was, yeah. like thing attacking them. Although, and, it, and even though they don't have a lot of interaction from that point on, there's just serious tension mm-hmm. when they're in the same. It's kind of delivered. not room because there's no rooms in this. Movie. No, uh, <laughs> outside Ultra, of the boat. Ultras. That's the only time they're yeah. in like a yeah. Um, yeah, because that, that that tension is kind of delivered through the third party of. Tom Hiddleston's character, right? Right. Where he's the leader. Sorry, sorry. You, you can't see me. I'm yawning. He's yawning and stretching, and, and then just like right, bark at the grunting at us. <laughs> um, yeah. So Tom Hiddleston is kind Loki. of that, that third party. Get uh, <laughs> uh, right. That uh, that third party, future James Bond. Um, at least if I was casting, um, hmm. we'll get to that when I in just a minute. Um, yeah. So his character is the liaison between the military and the science teams, and she's. Well, so we'll call them the non-combatants because it's the science team plus her, plus John Goodman and Corey Hawkins, um, who I like. He's really blown up lately. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on The Walking Dead, or was. His yep. status is kind of up in the air for those of you who watch. Um, MIA. He's the main character of the resurgence of 24, 24 Legacy. Um, That's and right. I've, I actually forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, I've liked him in that. He's been pretty good. I haven't seen it. Uh, I've, I've, been, I've been up on it. I, I've What's watched his name? Walking Heath? Heath, yeah, Heath, Heath yeah. in The Walking Dead. Um, he's Eric Carter in uh, 24. And uh, now he's in this, and I just saw him in something else, a commercial for something else, too. So he's really, like, out of nowhere blown up. Him and John Goodman have a cool chemistry from the get-go. Yeah, I like them. Uh, they, uh... They just, obli- like, it's almost as if, like, you think that maybe they, which is very, like, very likely if, if they take themselves, like, seriously, they probably, like, they probably get together, obviously, like, beforehand and develop a personal chemistry between each other so because they're going to be friends on screen and colleagues yeah. in the... I feel like that's probably what happened there because it, it, so, it seemed like, very natural. Like, friendly business yeah. relationship, like, where they're... Like, they've been doing it together for a long time. They've been working so, like, together could, and, like, they're not that they would necessarily be friends outside of work, but right. that they've worked together well enough for long enough that they're friends. Yes. You know what I mean? Exactly. So I did, like, kind of like... Very cool. That... Relationship. I bought it. I bought it right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I really like Shea Wiggum. Um, I don't know if you what your thoughts are. Heard him. Ralph Wiggum when you said that, but I don't know who that is. Uh, um, <laughs> Simpsons. Oh uh, yeah, I don't watch Simpsons. Um, he was the guy who was like kind of like the the grizzled vet uh, who was like kind of like the quirky personality. Oh, hang on, I'm trying to pull him up. So I think he was somebody that I wanted to bring up. He's been in a lot of things. He yes. always yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, plays yeah. this sort of. He plays that guy. Role. He plays that guy. He plays that guy yeah. most of the time, where he's like he's excellent in a support role because um, uh, that's what he always does. Not that he's always necessarily the same personality, but he's just like he's that guy who you know is going to reliably right. be there, like show up to work, like whatever yeah. role he's playing. And like he, well, let's. Put it in perspective for the folks that he's the guy that at the towards the end of the like the that end was fucked fight up. scene, yeah, like he he pulls the pins and the grenades. He's trying to be the hero. He's trying to be the admiral. So he's walking towards he's walking towards uh, the skull the skull crawler, and, and he's said, like nope. waiting for it to like he's like it's gonna eat me, and then when it does, I'm gonna blow it up from the inside out. And he's, like, he's like, let's do this! And then it just swats him out of the way. I'm like, nope. Oh. 
fuck. <laughs> they ruined him. Skull crawler, Papa Skull, skull crawler just said nope and swatted <sighs> him like a fucking fly. Like everybody else is like, oh, what a way to go out. Oh, yeah, I was like, that sucks. That <laughs> surprising twist. Yeah. Not that it was a big twist per se, but like, you expect him not to kill the thing, but to. Get... I didn't expect the skull crawler to be like, I don't have time for you. Get out of my way. <laughs> I expected the thing to take the bait. Yeah. That he's not going to succeed in killing it, but he's going to get his pound of flesh. Yeah. And hopefully that's the impetus for him ultimately being defeated. Right. And instead, nope, fuck you, swats him to you the You got side. bombs? Not up in here! <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and John Ortiz, obviously. Um, yep. Not that anyone would have known this prior to listening to this, but uh, to go through the weird family tree thing. Uh, <laughs> my uncle's wife's sister's husband. So not really related to me, but like extended family. Um, and I've met him a few times. Um he will not be joining us on this podcast. I like that you went that route. My uncle's wife's sister and not your aunt's yes. sister. Because then, it, then it's yes. like, so your aunt? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And he's a cool guy. Like, I met him. Like, he's, like, kind of similar to a lot of the characters he plays. Where, like, just, like, a nice, like, soft-spoken yeah. dude. Like, he's, like, he's a nice guy. Um, although he played a different character. He's kind of a dick. Yeah. Um, it's funny because the first time I ever saw him in anything was in the Miami Vice movie. Okay. With um, Colin Farrell and Jimmy I Fox. didn't see that one. Um, and he's definitely not playing his typical character. Yeah, he's also like a bad guy in the Fast and Furious movie as well. Is he in that? I don't yeah. even know. I, I haven't it's, seen anything Fast and Furious. It's before. Fast and Furious, which would be like the sixth one. Wait, Fast and Furious? Yeah. That's the fourth one. Fourth one? That's the last one I saw. I don't remember him being in that. Yeah, he's in that one. Well, that shows you how if much you're, I... If you're certain that it was the fourth one. I'm pretty sure. Um, I know I know. Because then it's like Fast 2009. Five. It's like Fast Five, and then it's like... Then I think I might... This is... I hate them. I hate... I love watching those movies. I hate the titles. I will never know the order of No, he's things. in Fast and Furious. I'm pretty sure that's the fourth one. He, yeah. I don't know that it's the fourth, but I know that he's in that one. I think it was. Whatever. Um, it's not too Fast, too Furious. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> um... But, uh, you know, like, mostly he plays the character, like, Silver Linings Playbook, uh, the show Rake that only lasted one season that I watched, um, and a couple other roles. Like, he always plays, like, he's just, like, the, the dude who's there. He's, like, a good friend, like, nice dude, like, soft-spoken, like, um, and he's not that in this. He's an asshole. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also, not surprising that he died, but the death, both the timing and the way it happened, very surprising. Yeah. Uh, just got swooped up by, like, the flying monkeys. Of this world. Right. And it was like, oh, damn. And they just like swarm him and like lift him up and then tear his I arm just off. Tear him apart. <laughs> like, it's no big deal. Um, so that was surprising. <laughs> it was an interesting turn because the only other thing I've seen him really, he was like kind of out of type to what I know him from at least because yeah. I, I have not seen all his filmography is uh, Miami Vice where he plays a drug kingpin. Um, mm-hmm. So that's very different from his like kind of typical character. Right. Like his typical character in Silver Linings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I liked him in that, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's good in that. And that's kind of how I see him in real life. Like, that's how he is. Like, yeah. he's just, like, a nice guy. Yeah. Um, he's a solid supporting role. Like, yeah. No, he does a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, we'll get to the headline of this movie, from my perspective, at least. Tom Hiddleston. Everyone likes him as Loki. I like him as Loki. Sure. Really good. Um, but I was wondering whether that was really all that he was going to be able to be, like, to do. Sure. Um, and... I don't know if you've seen any of his other roles other than this. Uh, did you, you didn't happen to see the miniseries on AMC? No. The, the Night, Manager? Night Manager? No, I didn't you see You should it. watch it. It's really good. It's based on the John Le Carre novel. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never read him, although I probably should because he writes the type of stuff that I would read. 
that like suspense, like especially like Slowburn type stuff. I, I'm a big Robert Ludlum like guy, yeah. Tom Clancy guy. Um, he's really good in that, and that it was at the time that that was coming out that people started floating him as a possible idea to replace Daniel Craig as James Bond. Okay. Um, and up until then, I was like, ah, I'm not really seeing it because he plays kind of like a wimpy, yeah. like sniveling shit as Loki. Does it really well. Yeah. Interesting character. Yeah, but within within a couple of minutes, he's completely believable as like the tough guy. Yes, yeah, like, so ex like, like, SAS like guy. Yeah. Like that. And then the Night Manager, same thing. He plays like special forces who's out of the service, just trying to be a normal guy. He works at like a like a swanky hotel. Yeah. He's the night manager. He runs the night well, shift you know, thing. Good for him for not staying typecasted as yeah. that. Son of a bitch, Loki. Yes. You know what I mean? So... Even though we're calling after it... After watching... A, it was six or eight episode like run of The Night Manager, which, really cool cast, too. Yeah. Um, mostly British. It's a British production. Like, sure. British-American like co-production. It ran on BBC before it ran on AMC. Um, Hugh Laurie plays, like, the main bad guy. And there's a couple other... There's a guy who's in it who I was like, oh, this guy seems familiar, but I'm not sure if I know him from anything. It took me forever to actually, like, figure out, because I was just too lazy to look it up, like, who he was. Um, so, you remember from... You've seen all three of the original um, Pirates of the Caribbean? Yes. So in the second and third one, uh, Cutler Beckett, the guy who comes in and is like, he's the strong arm of the British like oh, government. okay. Yeah. He plays such a different role in this. He plays like a huge, huge asshole, which isn't a different role, but it's just like, he plays, I, I can't even describe it. He's really fucking good in this. Yeah. He plays like... I'll have to check that out. Yeah, and um, him, Hugh Laurie, and Tom Hiddleston's really good and totally sold because he has to go back, even though he's retired uh, military, he has to go back in because he witnesses some stuff. Hugh Laurie plays an, a rich guy who's secretly an arms dealer. Okay. Um, and he has to infiltrate his organization. And he has to do the whole multiple personality thing like a James Bond would. He sure. has to do... He charms the pants off of any woman he needs to. Right. Although, unlike James Bond, he does it without trying. Which is, like, a cool, subtle thing, like, a different way to do it. He isn't that overly, like, alpha, like, macho type, like, it's like a kind of let them come to me type of thing. Right. But he, like, totally is believable doing it. it. He can handle the physical part of the role. He kicks ass in the show, and he kicks ass in oh, this. Yeah. He handles the physical part of that. I think he'd be a kick-ass James Bond. Yeah. And like, I'd, I'd be down for that. Some people I've talked oh, to little... are like, no, he wouldn't be good at it. I'm like, you're thinking of him as Loki. Just trust yeah, me. Like, if I'm you watch still, The Night Manager, if you watch Craig, this movie, so. like, I don't get me wrong. I know, like, I like Daniel Craig a lot, but the problem is, even if he does one more, he's not going to do more than that. He's just too old at this point. I don't think he needs to. I, I, I don't think and he, he needs to. I, 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 I really enjoyed him in this role, but Tom Hiddleston's 35 or 36 now, so he could totally handle three or four. A lot of yeah. guys you hear pitched. Or older than that, they're not going to be able to stick around. Like, you have Tom right. Hardy pitched. Tom Hardy would be a very good Bond, but he's already 40 years old. Yeah. Idris Elba. I think he'd be a great, even though there's too many, like, racist fucks who don't want a black James Bond. Sure. He would be a really good James Bond. Yeah. He's just too old. Is he? Yeah, because he's got that, that char- the charisma and, like, the... Right? Like, the gravitas. I, like, he, he's he got could, the gravitas. He could totally be a dick. Yes. You know, which uh, James Bond needs to be able to be. And, like, I could, I could see, like... Hiddleston's got range, right? So I, I, I would, I would be so down for that. I think he'd be awesome. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like that's gained a lot of traction for mm, whatever reason. It's unfortunate because I think I've heard him say that he'd be interested if, if they want to do it. Oh, I really? think his name's been in like the running, is, but I think they're just one. I think that they're not committed to not getting Daniel Craig to do one more. So okay. they're not jumping on the opportunity of grabbing someone else. 
Gotcha. Two, I think for whatever reason they're not sold on him, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's the, hmm. the, the name appeal isn't there. If they're waiting for him, maybe after this being successful, if people oh, respond well to him, I don't. I don't know. That's just my speculation. That's my wild speculation. speculation. Uh, uh, <laughs> we're gonna have to get a sound effect for that eventually. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna keep doing that. No, I'm, I'm fine with that too. <laughs> I mean, not that we need much of a budget. Yeah, no. <laughs> <with that. laughs> So um, yeah, I mean, like that's that's my take on this. I, I think he'd be great in that because I thought he'd I could be see really good in this, and he's really, really good in the Night Manager. That's yeah. something you should watch. I want to check that out for sure. Any other characters you want to touch on? Um, not really. Um, that's those are the ones who are the, the major players in this, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, is there what else, is there anything else that we missed so far? Because we had. Um, the cinematography. Did we want to talk about that? A little bit, yeah. So because there were some cool shots in this. There too. were. There were. A lot, there was There's a lot of great photography. A in specific, it. even though this took place in the '70s and Godzilla took place like current day, there are some really cool visual aesthetic things that they're doing with these movies. Oh yeah. Uh, but and not just like that they're doing some really cool things. That there is a sense of cohesion, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. Yep. Um, I didn't realize until I started checking out some of those clips on Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, like some of the. They do like it's a really weird thing to say, and it seems like I don't know. Like they do a lot of great work with colors, which is what I. I know it sounds stupid. But, I know neither of us is like actual like cinematography right. like majors or whatever, so, so we have a very there's, basic dumb sounding yeah, way to yeah. talk about the these colors things. are beautiful. Look at the colors, Duke. <laughs> um, so there's the scene where they're uh, like the, the these gas pockets. Remember the ga- the gas pockets? Yeah, scene the vents. They blow, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're like they're flammable gas pockets that they can. They let up. They end up using That was a really weapons. cool looking scene. You're right. That scene was unreal. And the smoke. I think there were a couple of smoke grenades involved in that. And the the gas mask. And then like this this shot where like they like do it like almost like a slow mo guy in the gas mask moving through the colored smoke. Yes, Tom Hiddleston like, running to save. Yep. Um, which who was that actually? Who he was going to save? That wasn't Shay Wiggum, was it? I don't remember. It might have been. No, it was the young guy. Um, oh, the young kid that makes it through. Slivko, the one I was trying yeah. to think it was like it was a okay. Russian name or something like that. Yeah, so like that that scene though, it's in slow motion, it's beautifully shot. It's like like a, similar to that Godzilla scene that I was saying earlier. It's one of those ones where you like freeze, print. Like it's a beautiful scene. Yes. And it's it's like oversaturated in a really cool way. And like the way the colors just come out, like it's just like that like that scene stuck with me. That's a that's another thing. Like I'll always remember that scene, like in the back of my mind. Like and, when I think Kong, I'm thinking that scene. Yeah, and even the lead up to that scene when they're sneaking through this graveyard with like the kind of chlorine smoke that yeah. look like effect. Um, because it was like a greenish like tinge like smoke, mm-hmm. and you see the little pockets of gas like that's like igniting in this and that. Um and it was a great job of visual and audio tension being built yeah. for something not actually going on, but you're on pins and needles waiting to see what happens next. Right. You don't know what's going to happen next. Something's going to happen. You yeah. know it. And you're just waiting. When does the tension finally burst? Like, mm-hmm. right? Like I, that was a really cool scene, start to finish. Plus, the yeah, we've been full spoilers. Yet. Like the death of John Goodman. Yeah. Like you kind of had to figure that was coming eventually. Um, I do, what about like the real like the realization of his own fate at that second? Yeah, he knew, and it lasts. He was the oh fuck me. It's like three seconds, but it lasts for a minute in your mind. Like as he's standing there, and you're like, it, like this is how it is probably for him. Like it's slowing down. Like seal it. And it was that tension. <laughs> it was that tension at work, right? Yeah. That's when it finally breaks. Yep. Um, and it was really cool because we get the scene of it was it was a cool character moment for uh, Marlowe, John C. Riley's character, um, where. They hear the skull crawler 
crawling around in you know but they can't see it and it's moving too quick and it's like and he draws the katana another of another still frame, frame that I would print out and he's the way he into like a traditional like stance of like the way that like um I can't think of the word now uh, oh my god the Japanese um, soldiers who carry the katanas, like the old field Japanese. Mm-hmm. I can't even think of the samurai. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, I feel like you it sound like you're trying to go somewhere else. No, with no, it, no, no. Sam- I got thrown samurai to you. I apologize yeah, that no. I didn't. I'll just let you hang out there. A traditional stance, right, with, with yeah, holding yeah. the sword and the like. The cool, like they show like the knife's blade mm-hmm. and like you know and like how it glints and everything like that. And how he's taking that mantle on, and how like that was earlier in the movie that was such like a big emotional moment for him, right? Leaving the friend behind, saying that he was always going to take him with him, yeah. but it was impractical to take well, his fallen friend with them. And that's I, I liked that. Like, there's a lot. There's there's so much in that scene of him holding, like, of him pulling it out with such form, and, like, and all that stuff. Because you you get this hint, like, in the beginning, in the very opening scene of the movie, these two characters are fighting each other. Gonna fight to the death. They're gonna fight to the death, and things change when they're like, "Oh, you know what? There's a lot of stuff. Bigger there's, jaws. there's bigger things than us. Bigger here. jaws. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> bigger jaws. So it, there's that, and like you're like, okay, so they kind of started to get along, and then in that scene, you realize how along they got because yes. he clearly like they're on this island for weeping. however many years. He's weeping he, when they have to leave his body. Yes, but like so, there's that scene that, that drives it home. Then there's this scene where he's like clearly, you know, they spent time, they spent enough time together for him to teach him. This yes, and like that, it's so cool. Thirty years, beautifully and he's been done. Dead for, was it the last five or ten or something like that? Like that, he had said that his friend died like five or ten. Something years like that, yeah. Like that, um, and it still was so raw to him. Yeah, and so perfectly done. Like I love that. I love a scene that like it, there's a whole story in that scene where he's pulling out the sword without dialogue. Without anything but you a picture. You told the whole story. It was just, just... Really well done. The like, picture of waiting worth a thousand words. Yeah, right? like, love it. Oh, man. And that's what I'm saying. Like they, I feel like they doubled down on... I know it's different director and all that, but like they doubled down on like the appeal of a really beautiful visual still. It's amazing um, that a series of movies about... Plot-wise, pretty much nothing. Mm-hmm. Just big things fucking things up. Yep. Um, and we've had two movies of it, and already they're more cohesive and better than the DCEU. <laughs> it's a sad fact. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was trying to look up quickly before, but I, like there wasn't a good way for me to do it without like just breaking and leaving you out. Like I want to find out who the guy is who runs that. Um, gotcha. As opposed to who runs DCEU. That or Gal. Don't. Or, or Gal. <laughs> I don't know. I, Watch your ass. No. The point, no, yeah. the point is I, I don't yeah, know yeah, who no, it is who's, who's the, the run, like... Kevin Feige is that guy at Marvel. He is the czar of the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, And I forget the name. It it is a guy. I I hope his business card says MCU czar. (laughs) That'd be cool. If if not, I'm going to send him that as a mock. (laughs) He can get his people to do it. um, Because I think it's cool as hell. Um, I forget. It is a guy. And I forget the name of the guy who does it for Warner. And I think he may be getting ousted or has gotten recently ousted. Because he's done a shit job, as we discussed in, in in our superhero one. Uh, and I don't know who it is who's in charge of this situation. I because, mean, like, and it's with speaking of other ones who are eminently capable at their job, Marvel has Kathleen Kennedy, who's been a longtime mm-hmm. um, partner of Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, specifically Spielberg. Even like going back, it was recently I was recently watching um, the original Jurassic Park. She's got a producer's credit on that, so she's been with Steven Spielberg for a long time. Okay. Um, and uh, she's the one who's in charge of the whole Star Wars universe now. It's like her and J.J. Abrams together, but she's the one who's really in charge of the whole thing from the top down. Right. Um, So I'm curious to see who it is who's in charge of this Universal Monsters universe, because they're doing a good job, whoever it is. Yeah, well, uh, 
so what are you are you now that like you know you you're a fan of Kong, are you interested in the mummy? Is that part of this? I, I didn't realize. I, thought, I believe it is. I didn't think that was part of this because that didn't seem to be. I know something we talked about with the post credit stinger uh, with Kong, where they show, which was cool, having Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston. I'm not. I'm not concerts. certain. Don't quote me on that. It may be a universal. It's, it's a universal property. I think you're right, but I don't it think is. it's part of this. I think they're all supposed to be big monsters. Oh, uh, let's see. Um, I, I have to know this is the mummy. And we got some some serious backstory on that whole situation. We haven't touched on that yet with the whole thing with these hollows in the earth where these monsters are yeah. pouring forth from. That was something I wasn't expecting, especially not having seen Godzilla. I don't know if there was any reference to that or not. Uh, what in Godzilla? Yeah, the whole the hollows. Yes. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier on when the, there's a collapse while they're digging and there is this. Well, clearly that meant to be seen, but I didn't know if they like. Reference that. they don't they don't dig deep into that okay because that was like that was the whole point that was the impetus for this whole story right was John Goodman and Corey Hawkins going to the government and saying we believe that there's these things and that there's one of them under Kong like under Skull Island and we want to investigate this because we think it has real big impact for the state of the world you know mm-hmm. um, which if there's a whole litany of these things they're gonna fuck shit up <laughs> and that was the whole point of them going in and trying to kill Kong. Uh, although we find out that Kong, somewhat similar to Godzilla, is a little bit more of the benevolent type, as opposed to the skull crawlers or the the suckers uh, from yeah, the, <laughs> those, suckers, those suckers, the suckers from, from earlier. Uh, it looks like I'm not. Uh, we might have had that like a little bit backwards, but like there's a Universal Monsters that is the like it's the Mummy. Then there's a couple of untitled films, and there's Invisible Man, Wolfman, Van Helsing, Creatures from Black. Goon, oh, did I have the wrong thing? I, I, I right just looked it up quickly. I thought that's what it was. So did I. Um, that that those make more sense together, obviously. Yes, and, and that's, that's, but that's I why that's, I was confused because yeah. I didn't think so. That. This is not that then. This is, but this is this is something else. But we'll we'll get into, I guess, at another time. Might have had that backwards. That's uh, entirely my fault, and I'm, good. I'm sure I already know one person who, if he listens to this whole thing, is going to call me on that because that's what I get. I just get a random text. Well, this is Al Ap- calling himself. I'm so... calling it on myself because I get apropos of nothing. I get a text from my, my friend uh, who we've referenced before by name, Michael James O'Connor, <clears throat> yeah. um, where he'll just text me like ripping something that we do because yeah. he's our first official hate listener, yeah. uh, which, you know, you hey, need. I'll take him. You need that to happen in this whole uh, situation. So, um, that's probably. I think if he makes it to the stage of the of this episode, uh, I will certainly have gotten a text about this. I do wonder if it's like all part of the same. It's not maybe not part of the same like universe where they're trying to create like these things existing together, but they're probably like doing something similar with that that set of movies. Yeah, I don't know. That wouldn't make sense for it to be in the same thing. No. Oh no, it's not because this is Warner. I didn't realize this is Warner. a Warner property as well. Can they fire whoever's taking DCU and give this guy? Job. Yeah right. Because or girl. Um, no, so I'm pretty sure it's uh, interesting. We had we had it so backwards for a while. But I don't oh, this is matter. what it is. It's Legendary's MonsterVerse. I knew there was a name for it, but I couldn't think of what the hell it was. Yes, that's the one. So amending our statement from earlier, it is not Universal Monsters. It is the Legendary, Legendary. MonsterVerse. Yeah. Well, um, we'll get into the other topic because I was going to bring up the Mummy. Uh, okay, so it's a, joint, it's a joint another... thing between Legendary. Pictures and Warner Brothers. Okay, this might be a bigger topic to ta- tackle another time. But now there's all these there's these universes that we're trying to create, and it's like, is it is that becoming too much? Could be. Well, we'll talk about that another time. Could be. Um, it still depends on how they do it, man. It, is, it, is, <laughs> it really is. Because you have Marvel that's getting it. You got this that's through two instances has gotten it. Yeah. Um, you have like an okay movie in Godzilla and a very good movie in this one. Um, and then you have Star Wars that totally gets it. Yeah. So, like, 
Yeah. D- DC, step up your fucking shit here. Uh, <laughs> um, one of the other cool scenes, though, like like just the beautiful aesthetic is the. It's just like him standing, Kong standing, with the sun behind his back. Yes, like, they gave you a cool, a couple of cool shots. Like yeah, that. like I'll, I love those. I, I just love a scene like that where you, like I, as we said earlier, where you just like you could pause it, print it, like and it's a beautiful shot. Like it, that's so cool to me. And like yeah. they, they, they really delivered on those in these movies. And like that particular one with Kong standing in the distance. Yeah. But still huge is giving off that sense of scale that like yeah. it just makes it real. It just like brings the whole story home. And we got some cool scenes with different creatures. You have the gigantic bull, right? Like water yeah. Oh, that was that was cool. Yeah. We saw a couple of times, and uh, it was cool, like seeing like Br- the Brie Larson character like interact I'd the first it. time. She like yeah, like well, she didn't. It was Kong. Right. right? Or trying, but, but trying she tried, to. And the Kong recognized that, mm-hmm. and that ultimately led to him trying to save her later. Right. Um, as opposed to all the other guys who were dropping bombs on him. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's interesting too. The giant spider, which. With a much better scene than the Ugh. insect scene. I still... I literally can't watch the insect scene from the Peter Jackson. Yeah, that was rough. It just goes on forever and it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, and we get a cool... It seemed like... Would you say that you liked the Kong fight scene with the skull crawler at the end <laughs> much better than you liked the Godzilla versus yeah, the Suckers? Yeah, I did. Because... Uh, yeah, so I'm going to keep... Do, I'm going to keep... I doing love it. it. <laughs> um, I'm going to go back to them and be like, I think you should name these things the Suckers. There was a sense of... There's a... Even though it was ridiculous creatures fighting on such a ridiculous titanic scale, um, it was kind of a more grounded sense, I think, where you felt the weight of them hurting each other during the battle. Yeah. Whereas, like, with you, you're like, oh, they're going to fight tomorrow, and oh, it's going to grab it, and he's going to throw it. Right, right. Like, you felt the weight of them hitting each Physically other. Physically like, hurting each other over and over you again. You felt like, like it mattered. It was like, yeah, like, it was like, towards the end, it was like the end of a boxing match where they're tired. Yeah, they're like, literally yeah, on the ropes. It was, like, it was right? Cool. Like, where he's like, he gets chained up and he can't get out. Yep. And like the other, like the, the skull crawler is like. Oh, but then turns the, the blade into this weapon. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> that the was power, great. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like the, that was really cool. That was awesome. There was like that sense of scope and there's a sense of stakes too as he tries to save Brie Larson. Uh, she, yeah. she had gone up on top of the thing to like signal in the, yep. their extraction and he catches it and now he's fighting with one hand tied behind his back, literally. Yeah. And. The thing tries to eat his entire arm. Yeah, and swallows her that because his, she's in his hand. Yeah, like, that's so cool. And he's like, "Well, you're eating me, yeah. and you're eating this thing that I'm trying to save, and also gonna happen. <laughs> fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we get that again. That scene of where he like tries to tear the jaw, yep. like open again. Which I don't know why we keep coming Classic. back to these things, but uh, it was kind of cool, right? Mm-hmm. Loved um, it. So the action. I had, fu- I had fun with the action scenes there. The and the school, but uh, just to touch on scale again. Uh, one of the really cool scenes, another, uh, not not one that I would print out because it's a little creepy, but the the dead Kongs. Oh, uh, Kong's parents. Yeah, that was that was like that was like and one that was of that whole graveyard like, oh, scene. I didn't really right? get where it was going, and then like that comes out, and you're like, oh, like yeah, because they reference it earlier like, that he's alone. Parents. Yeah, he's alone. His parents are dead. He's, he's the king, last Kong's of, king around here. He's the last. <laughs> he's the last of his kind. Um, but yeah, you get the sense of like, oh, that's why it matters because we walked that. That's like that swamp fog graveyard right, that we right. walked through is like yeah. the bones Ooh, of its parents. That was creepy. Skull crawlers. It sounded, it sounded really cool in my head. That, it sounds stupid. <laughs> Call them what you want. John C. Riley stealing the Still, joke. Yeah, oh, every scene basically. I have one last thing I want to touch on on it, unless you have something else in this. No, 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 we can wrap it up with whatever. You the have end. Of, <laughs> the end of the movie. He go. He gets to go home. John yeah. C. Riley. He makes it home. That was a cool it's credit beautiful. sequence. And it's like home video. 
Yes, shot. that was, it was perfect for this. And fucking Chris turns to me and goes, based on a true story. And I was like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't do that. <laughs> it was like it was really funny. But like early, it's Cubs opening day, and he's got he's watching the Cubs, and he's got his he's got his hot dog. Yeah, because I said earlier, like that yeah. was like when he like the and, one thing I want. And it's like this is beer. like this shouldn't this shouldn't like. I shouldn't have like an emotional connection to this, but you do. But like, I do, and like, I love it. He's crying, and his wife is crying, yeah. and his son, who he's never met, is crying. Yeah, and you want to cry too, kind of like even though you're also laughing because yeah. John C. Riley. <laughs> oh man, that was. And you get to see him like I, yeah, he's like got a little grin on his face, eating his hot dog, and watching his kids Cubs. I, yeah. All I wanted in that moment was hot dog. That's great. Like you know, I know you're not a big sports fan, although I'm sure you you know because Kim's a baseball fan. Like you you probably heard you know a decent amount about the the Cubs winning the World Series yeah, this yeah. year. And there's a funny little joke they shoehorn in there with that about... Yes. Uh, oh, did the Cubs win the World Series? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they've been terrible. Yeah. And that's taking place in the 70s. Right. And it still takes another 45 years for them to win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That, that, that was, it was a great way to end it. Like, yes. It was like this crazy roller coaster, a nice settle down at the end. Yeah, and, like... Until the after scene credits, it's like, this is going to be bigger, we're going to have more movies, it's going to get fucking nuts. Which, like, makes, which totally makes sense, but yeah, it was cool after having... It being a pretty heavy movie, like the, yeah. the stakes this whole time, and it's just a guy who finally got to come home after the longest nightmare, and he's just going to drink a beer and eat a hot dog and watch his fucking baseball. Like, yeah. Like, that was so, cool. That was cool. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Kong. Check it out. Godzilla? Yeah. Whatever. If you want. If, you, if, you're, if you're someone who likes, is kind of like the completionist, like, oh, yeah. it, of like getting the idea of the whole world... Um, it sounds like you should probably check it out. Right. I will eventually. It wasn't any big moral stand on my point not watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I really enjoyed. You should check it out. Yeah. Well, uh, you good? I was good. All right, me. so that's episode six of Flicks and a Six, Spintune production there. Check out spintune.com to catch a new episode every Monday and the new article every Thursday. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can reach us at The Spintune on Twitter and Facebook or email thespintune at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-S-P-I-N-C-H-O-O-N at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in.